Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Give the Lord one more great praise, everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead and sit down for a second. We're going to get into the Word of God, and then we're going to sing that song again. Now that you know it, that song's really like a prayer, too. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, uh, musicians and singers, and come back and forth there again at the end of the service. And uh, that's Nicolene, that, who sang the lead. That's uh, Markel's wife. Would you give Nicolene a God bless you, too? Amen. I want to talk this morning about the promise of the Father. And by the way, this is Pentecost Sunday. Everyone say with me, Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday took place 50 days after the resurrection. And it really was the birthday of the New Testament church. Now, we had before that, you know, uh, the Jewish culture was in place and really became entrenched because of the law and trying to keep the law. Jesus changed everything on the cross and on the birthing of the church. It was on Pentecost Sunday that the church was birthed. And uh, since this is the birthday of the New Testament church, I think we should give the Lord, the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, you know, a great praise for the church. Would you do that right now? This is a, if we're at a birth, birthday celebration, amen. So I've given you notes to uh, uh, take this morning. And, uh, but I will get to the notes at the end of the message, all right? So you can almost set them aside until we get to the end of the message. And then I also want to just ask you to find Acts chapter 2 in your Bible. Acts chapter 2 in your Bible, because we're going to kind of track through Acts chapter 2 today. Uh, and then I want to give you a couple of preface verses before we get to Acts chapter 2, just to kind of give you the setup. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, we're going to be in the Word today. Um, I can tell you you're going to get the word today. I just pray that you will have an anointing and a touch on the word that will speak to your heart. I can say that during these next 30 minutes, if you'll open up your heart to the word of God, you're going to learn something. You're going to receive something from God because God's word is filled with power. Can I get a witness? Amen. So in other words, not just preaching a sermon here this morning. We're doing the word. Amen. And the word will not return void. All of God's people that love the word say aloud, amen. Amen. So let's talk about the promise of the Father, which is, of course, the promise of the Holy Spirit. I want to start as a preface in Luke chapter 2449. It'll come up on the screen. Luke chapter 2449. It says, Behold, Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Say with me, the promise of the Father. I send my, the promise of the Father on you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. How many you know that we all need power? And Jesus said, before I send you into the world to preach the gospel to every creature, you're going to need power to do it. So he said, don't go anywhere until you first go to Jerusalem and receive the power that you need, power from on high. I want you to be clothed in power. Praise God. Lord, we just thank you right now for your word, and I just pray that you'd speak to us during these next few moments. God, I thank you that your word is already anointed, but I pray this morning that there will be a special 
anointing in the room to, to, to share the word, but also to receive the word. And Lord, we just pray this right now in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Say with me, this is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand, and having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says I am, whatever the word of God says I have, whatever the word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. God bless you. Now, we had Easter, you know, about back then, five, six, seven weeks ago, we had Easter. But shortly before Jesus went to the cross to be crucified, he talked about the promise of the Father. And I already read a verse in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. But then in John chapter 14, verse 15, I'm giving you a preface right now before we get to the book of Acts. He said this to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. So this is right to the end of his ministry. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now I want to just say this right here. If you want to live a blessed life, be a keeper of Christ's commandments. Amen? Be an obeyer. There's a blessing with obedience. And so be a keeper of Christ's commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Uh, His main commandments are loving God and loving others. And then sharing the gospel. But keep his commandments and obey him. And then he says this, I'm going to pray the Father and he's going to give you another helper, another advocate, another paraclete uh, to come uh, 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 beside you that he may be, be abide with you forever. So how long will the Holy Spirit be with us? He'll be with us forever, amen? So he says, I'm going to send another helper. Say with me, a helper. And I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and just say, I need help. Would you do that? And you can say back to him, I knew it all the time. It's about time you asked. <laughs> I'm going to send you help because we all need help. The spirit of truth um, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. Have you ever noticed that the world doesn't get what you get? In other words, the get it factor? Because when you receive Christ, the blinders are taken off of your heart. The blinders are taken off of your eyes that you can understand spiritual things. So there's many times you're talking to people, they look at you like a, you know, a, a, like what are you talking about? They don't get it yet. The get it factor isn't there because they haven't received Christ. When you receive Christ, your eyes are open and you get it. So he says, the, the world doesn't get this, but you get it. You know him for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. So he says this, he dwells with you and he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit's alongside of us, but he's also inside of us as well. And then he says this, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. In America, we don't understand so much about orphanages, but I've been to China a couple of times to orphanages over there to Haiti several times, to orphanages over there, and also to India. Different third world countries uh, are, have a lot of orphanages. Um, when you're in an orphanage, um, you are left alone. Many times the babies that are in orphanages are all cuddled up, uh, put into a little stroller kind of a thing, you know, a little walker stroller thing, and they're just there alone. And many times they have detachment issues because they've been left alone. Let me tell you something here this morning. God didn't come to us to leave us alone. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. And so 
after, so now that's in John, all right? So now we're getting closer to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 1 real quickly, all right? Still on the preface here. Still with me this morning? How much more time have you got of this, Pastor Perry? About 28 more minutes. Hang in with me, all right? Come on now. And don't, don't, don't tell me you don't have capacity for this because you have capacity for six hours on your phone a day and you have capacity to watch a Netflix series. So don't say we don't have capacity on Sunday morning for 30 minutes a word. Can I get a witness? Amen. You are smarter than that. You are better than that. Amen. And, and so we just have to open up our brains and open up our hearts and God will speak to us. And people say, well, I can't understand the Bible. Yes, you can. Why? Because you're made in the image of God and God made you smart. He would never leave you a letter that you couldn't understand. Here, I'm going to write you a letter that you cannot understand. No, he says, I'm going to write you something you can understand and apply to your life. Praise God. So here's Acts right there. So after his suffering on the cross, we're back at Easter now, after his suffering on the cross, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He's talking about his disciples now. He, he appeared to them. And at Easter, I talked about all of these appearances that Christ made. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, one time to over 500 people at all time, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. So after the Jesus rose again for 40 days, say it with me this morning, 40 days, he appeared to many witnesses in the area. Then he gets ready to ascend to the Father. Then on one occasion, while he was sitting with them, he was sitting with his disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father, the gift that my Father promised, the promise of the Father, which you've heard me speak about. Wait in Jerusalem. So he keeps on saying this to groups. saying, wait there for the power. For John baptized with water, but in a few days from now, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and power. And he says this in Acts 1.8, we know this scripture so well. But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. How do you know if we're going to reach our Jerusalem, if we're going to reach our Samaria, if we're going to reach the uttermost parts of the earth, we need power here this morning. We don't have the power ourselves, but he'll give us the power and the boldness and the want to. Some of you won't even want to witness unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. But when you have power inside of you, you're going to want to witness to other people. You're going to want to love people. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Shall we pray? The message is over. No, it isn't. Not really. All right. Y'all with me now, right? Okay. Acts chapter 2. Here we are. This is Acts chapter 2. Now, I want to just give attention to Acts chapter 2 this morning and, and, and as much diligence as we can, pull something out of it, uh, in these next few moments, this is Acts chapter 2. And let me tell you, this is the pinnacle chapter uh, of the Bible regarding the Holy Spirit's coming, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and also the birthing of the New Testament church. The church, or God's people, were in place already in the Old Testament. They met at a tabernacle, and the tabernacle had the fire, the Shekinah glory of God in the tabernacle. But in the New Testament was the birthing of the New Testament church, and now you are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in you. It's not a tabernacle made with hands anymore, but it's, it's the, God wants to live in your heart by his Holy Spirit. So the coming of the Holy Spirit... So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Say with me, one accord in one place. That was not a Honda Accord. That was not a Hyundai Accord. That was being in one accord, all right? Yeah. 
Now, they, on the day of Pentecost, uh, everyone say with me this morning, Pentecost. That word pente means, it mean, uh, Pentecost means 50, 50th day, so 50 days after. Jesus was on earth, seen by many witnesses for 40 days after the resurrection. Then he said, wait in Jerusalem. They waited 10 more days. Now that's the Feast of Pentecost. And by the way, the Feast of Pentecost was one of three Jewish festivals. You had Passover, you had the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, and you had the Feast of uh, Pentecost. And Pentecost, it was sometimes called the Feast of First Fruits. Jesus said, when I die and rise again, I'm going to be the first fruits of many to come after me. In other words, because I died and rose again, many others are going to be, die and rise again as well. How do you know that mortality is running at about 100% right now? And I mean, in other words, if Jesus doesn't return, we're all going to die someday. But good news, we're going to rise again. And Jesus said, because I rose again, you are going to rise again. I'm going to be the first fruits of many to come. So this is a kind of a type that you see right here. Jesus first rose. He was the first, fruit, the first fruit, but on the day of Pentecost, the church came alive. You'll see in just a few moments that many were saved, and he became... So Pentecost has to do with first fruits. So um, it's called uh, the Pentecost or the first fruits. At when, that day, the 50th day had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Say it with me, one accord in one place. Now, that has to do with unity. Say it with me this morning, unity. If a church is walking and living in unity, everybody, nothing is impossible. I'm telling you what, that's a church that has power. And so, in fact, in Psalm 133, it says this, when we are all in unity, there is a commanded blessing from the Lord. How many of you not would only want a blessing, but a commanded blessing from the Lord? When a church is in unity, Psalm 133, there's a commanded blessing that comes from the Lord. When a family is in unity, there's a blessing that comes to the Lord. How many of you know that when a family's fragmented and there's all kinds of fighting, fighting and everything going on, there's a lot less unity, there's also a lot less blessing? But when you get together and agree, the blessing comes. And that's where the church was. 120 believers up in that upper room, they were all together with one accord in one place. And then watch in verse 2. And suddenly, say with me, suddenly. How many know that God can bring a suddenly on your life at any time? Suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. That, uh, and, and it filled the whole house where they were seated. That w- word wind, say with me this morning, wind has to do with pneuma. The pneuma is the wind or the breath of God. Hallelujah. The wind of the Holy Spirit. The pneuma, the, the breath of God filled the whole house where, where they were sitting. Can you imagine? It's one thing just to have wind in the house, but I'm talking about when you know this is the breath of God coming into this place. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. So just here's what, it, how do you know that we have to, to live, we have to breathe? Yeah. Can I get a witness, amen? And so uh, way back in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, God breathed into Adam and he became a living being or a living soul. He lived, Adam, he breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living soul. But I wanted to show you this this morning. Just as man did not exist until God breathed life into him, the New Testament church did not exist until God breathed life into it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, he breathed into the church life. Hallelujah, life in the spirit. 
Man, that blesses my heart right now. Because I'm, I'm telling you what, on, if we're just sitting here on Sunday without the Holy Spirit, we are like a bunch of dead, empty shelves that are going to die someday but have nothing on the inside. God says, you are the temple, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. In other words, just as we need the breath, oxygen for our lungs to live as human beings, we need the breath of the Holy Spirit in the church to be a church that's alive. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. So the rushing mighty wind comes in. Then it says, there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each one of them. Now, uh, fire in the uh, Old Testament and the New Testament represents the, the presence and power of God. Remember in the Old Testament, they were led by a cloud by day and a fire by night. And, and, and remember that Moses, when he came to contact with God, he saw the burning bush, and that represented the presence of God. And, and here they had uh, what appeared to be divided tongues of fire. It, was, it appeared to be cloven tongues of, t- tongues of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. The most beautiful artistic rendition I've found of that in, in the, in the uh, uh, Google search or whatever is this one that I'm showing you right now, but you can just see in the upper room, just watch this next picture, there they are in the upper room. And the upper room looks kind of like that if you've been to Israel. There's got kind of pillars and stuff in there. Uh, they have a depiction of the upper room where they believe it was. But fire came down, a rushing mighty wind, and the fire came down from heaven, little cloven tongues of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Hallelujah. It was the Spirit of God that gave them utterance hallelujah well uh man i'll tell you what how how you know that was a quite the church service they had that day amen hallelujah here's one thing i know about harvest church and i've been at harvest church now for uh close to 19 years in july it'll be 19 years but harvest church has a hunger for god and harvest church has a hunger for the holy spirit and and i want to just encourage you to always keep that hunger uh, when, I, when I have, uh, you know, post on what we're going to speak on, like I did this weekend, I, every weekend I post on what I'm going to speak on, but I thank God that there's a real response because they're going like, okay, Pentecost Sunday and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, there was so much interest in that because we all know that we need to be filled. There's something missing in our life and we need to be filled with the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So they were all filled. With the power of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with tongues, and the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So what happened next? Watch what happens next. Look at verse 5. Now we're in Acts chapter 2. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. So when you were in Jerusalem at that time, you had mostly, mostly, mostly Jews. They were most Jews. They were devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred... The multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So you have the upper room taking place, Jerusalem, 120 up there, it's getting pretty loud. I think the windows were open because they were hearing what was going on all over the city and pretty soon you have thousands of people crowding in to see what in the world is going on in the upper room. And when they got there, they were from every nation in that area and the world was smaller at that time. But it was from every nation in that area. And the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. 
Then they were all amazed and marveled, look at verse 7, and they said to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? I mean, these are our people, but how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? In other words, they would speak a couple of languages. They would speak the language of Galilee, but they also had their own language, and they said, we hear them worshiping and praising God in our own language. What is going on here? Now, everyone look at me right now, right? Check this out. Look at verse 9, but don't uh, fade out on me, all right? Don't, don't, don't check out here, because I'm going to read some names, and you'll go like, yada, 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 yada. But I'm going to make a point here in just a second, all right? So they're hearing all of these languages, and here's what they hear. They hear Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, those from Hood Road, those from Gulf, those from... Fresno, those from Bakersfield, those from Louisiana, from Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya, rejoining Syrian visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, and they heard Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, here's what I want you to see. The world was a lot smaller at that time. Our world is a lot bigger right now. But in this verse right here, there were at least 15 languages represented right here that took place right there on site. In the biblical times, the main languages were Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and Latin. Those were the four major language groups, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and Latin. But they had around 15 languages uh, uh, represented here. So the world at that time was smaller too. In fact, if you check it out, there was probably about 300 million people in the whole world at that time. 300 million. Right now in the world, we have 7.66 billion people, almost 8 billion people. Back then, the whole world had 300 million people. Back then, the world had way fewer languages. I don't know if you know this, but in the world today, there are 7,139 languages. So we, we picked out about 15 or 20 of them right there, but now there's 7,139. How do you know we need a lot more Holy Spirit today than we, you know, if we, I mean, to get to all of those languages? So they were all amazed, look at verse 12, they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what meaneth this, or what could this mean? And, then, and, and they're trying to figure it out, because they don't get it. The get it factor isn't there. They don't know what this is. Others were mocking them. How many you know the world is good at mocking? And they said, they are full of new wine. I was just thinking about atheists, you know. What does an atheist do when he dies? He's all dressed up, no place to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe in anything. Um, so they're saying, what does this mean? What's happening here? And, and anyway, and they were mocking them and said, they're all full of new wine. They just got drunk. But then Peter stands up before the crowd, and this, where, this part of the message now in, in, in Acts chapter 2 is where Peter addresses the crowd in Acts chapter 2. And remember, and here it says, but Peter, say it with me, Peter, this is the apostle Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, and he said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And by the way, 
He was probably standing over on some kind of a portico or whatever, kind of a balcony kind of thing. With the 11, he's standing, and he begins to speak boldly the word of God. But here's what I want you to remember about Peter. Just a few weeks earlier, he denied Christ three times. So you had a cowardly Peter who denied Christ three times, who now stands and boldly proclaims the gospel with his voice out loud because he had over you know, thousands of people before him, and he was preaching the gospel with boldness, confidently, no longer cowardly, but confidently, boldly preaching the gospel to the people, the same people who crucified Christ. And what made the difference, what made the difference was the infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you what, this morning, everyone, God, in some way, if you get tapped into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's on the inside, you're going to have way more boldness over the enemy, amen? Your voice will project, I'm talking about, instead of being cowardly, you're going to be confident because of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about on every avenue, hallelujah. The devil comes your way. It's not that you're going to flee seven ways. No, I'm talking about you're going to talk to the devil with boldness. Oh, it's just you. Greater is he that is on the inside of me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. The greater one lives inside. But you don't have that boldness unless you know the word of God, unless the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you'll get Holy Ghost boldness. Now, Peter gets up and preaches. Are we all okay? Are we all tracking okay? Nobody's falling asleep, right? Good. I'm almost done. Sort of. Oh, my goodness. Man, does the time just goes by like that? Maybe it's not fast for you, but it is for me. It's like boom, 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 you know? Whew. It's 9.57 already. I said that I preached uh, for 30 minutes, and so now I, I, if I go past that, I'm a liar. <laughs> so I'm in a dilemma right now. I have to apologize to say that I won't be able to make it in my uh, time period. I just got to finish the message, all right? I apologize. So. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm going to be able to finish in 30 years, 30, 30 years, <laughs> but 30 minutes. Okay, let's get here. Watch here. Watch now. This is cool. For, for these are not, and then I could just stand in here and tell you and paraphrase the whole thing, and you won't even have to look in the Word, and that might be easier, but let's do both. See the Word, hear the Word, receive the Word. These are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, Peter said. They said, they're just, bun they're just drunk with wine. He said, no, no, it's only nine in the morning. They're not drunk. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And you'll remember Joel said this, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to prophesy. Do you know when Joel gave this, uh, he, he gave this 800 years before it happened. 800 years before the upper room, Joel prophesied that it was going to happen and the birthing of the church. And it shall come to pass, look at verse 21, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. And then now, I, I do have to just kind of condense this. Peter continues to preach, and he preaches about the resurrection and the ascension of Christ, and that you're the ones that put him on the cross. And what are you going to do about it? And all of this, he keeps on going. Look at verse 36 now. We'll just move to verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, I'm talking about 
Peter's talking to the Jewish people of his days, the Sanhedrin members, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all of those are there. And I'm talking about he's giving them a double-barrel gospel message. And he's saying, you're the ones who crucified him. This is the, the one I'm talking about is the Messiah that you've been looking for. And, and yet, you're the one that crucified him, both Lord and Christ. Look at verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? When they heard the preaching of the gospel and the way he was preaching under the unction of the Holy Spirit, they were cut to the heart. And I'm telling you what this morning, everybody, we need more messages that will cut you to the heart. We need more messages that will end up like, it's not like where the minister has to say anything, but where you go, where you're saying, what shall we do? What shall we do? God, have mercy on me. I've seen so many people in my years in ministry, and I'm talking about my years in ministry go back to day one when I was born. I was born, you know, sleeping on my mother's knee as a preacher's kid. But I was in those services when the Holy Ghost would come in, and people would go, well, what do we need to do with this message? They would be cut to the heart. I remember one, one person in our church when I was a little kid, his name was Vernon, and he came to church with his wife. His wife was blind. Her name was Charlotte, and she would play the organ on Sunday morning, you know, and she was blind, and, and my mom was a pianist, a pianist and an organ player, but mom would play the piano, and then uh, Charlotte would play the organ, and she would have her eyes... Uh, she didn't have glasses on at that time and her eyes would roll and we, she, she had four kids that beautiful kids they could all see man I'll tell you what if those kids got out of order during the service she would just point them out you hey go back over she couldn't even see them but boy she knew she were where they were at she came there alone with the kids she came there alone to the kids and, and she was raising, you know, her husband at that time was not a man of faith or a person of faith. This isn't a little church in North Dakota, but man, the gospel was preached that morning. She used to sing on the organ, how beautiful heaven must be, how beautiful heaven must be. And she'd sing that song like she was seeing heaven, even though she was completely blind. She, she would make heaven come alive when she was just singing. And then she would camp, come to church for several months by herself, but then she brought her husband into church, and his name was Vernon. He's a real tall guy I think it was six five he had real long he's a long lanky person with these long arms and long legs and he just a kind of a, a very trim person I remember he was sitting on the front bench on that Sunday when my dad was preaching he got the end of the service and all of a sudden would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior man he shot his arm right up there I mean it was so long it almost reached the ceiling but what I'm saying is it looked like that to me, the kid, but he was changed that day by the gospel. And they said, what shall we do? What shall we do? And Peter said to them, he said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But he said to this crowd now, thousands of them, repent. And by the way, repent just means turn away. Turn away from your ways to God's ways. In other words, I'm not going to walk my way. Repent just means to go a 180. I'm going to do a 180 back to God. I'm repenting of my sins right now. Hallelujah. Let me just ask, because I know you know this, how many of you have repented of something in your life? Can I get away? Just kind of wave at me. <laughs> how many of you knew the Holy Spirit kind of talked to you or something talked to you was the Holy Spirit? And you don't know what may, but I'll tell you, you have felt some kind of conviction. You said, God, I'm going the wrong way, but I need to do a U-turn right now and get right back to you. 
That's repentance. Hallelujah. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember this. For the Jew, it was no casual thing to just repent because you'd been entrenched in Jewish society, in Jewish tradition, in Jewish religion all of your life. That's all you knew was the Torah, and that's all you knew was the book of Moses, which thank God for all of that. But you also knew probably about 16, 613 laws that you couldn't keep, and you couldn't bear up under the law, and it became the kind of waiting down on you. And Jesus, in a moment, changed all of that. And he's saying right now, come to Jesus, repent. It wasn't just saying, oh, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to fill out the decision card on Sunday. No, you were probably going to leave the culture of what you've been raised in and become a follower of Christ. Instead of a follower of Moses at that time, waiting for the Messiah, now you're going to be a follower of Christ. Can I get a witness, amen? So... So he says, repent. I'm asking you to make a big change in your life. For this promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit, look at verse 39, is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, said, be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. When you read the commentators on this, I was reading Matthew Henry the other day, and he was saying there was a, a real desire at that time in the church to be separated from evil and wickedness. And I don't see that same desire today. I see us trying to stay as close to wickedness we can still be and still be in with God. There's so many things that we do that are, we, we, we just kind of line up with wickedness. We go out of here and read a holy book of God and then we'll go to an unholy channel on, on TV and wonder why we're having trouble when we do it six days a week and only get into the Word of God one day a week. Well, you don't like that, but it's true. Some of the garbage that's on there right now. I'm talking about on Netflix, on HBO, on Sin to the Max, on all of those. I'm talking about there's stuff we shouldn't be right because it's wicked and it's going to cost us our soul, but we'll put more time into that than we will into the book of God. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm reading the word of God every single morning and I'm getting fed and I'm getting uplifted. Man, this is so cool. This is so cool. Wow, God, I'm talking about life-giving every morning. Pastor Perry, you're a minister. You must just read a book every day before breakfast. No, I, I mean I'm, the whole book. No, I read a chapter. I just, I go through, but I read every single day. How many of you don't eat the whole refrigerator in one day? <laughs> I mean, someday you feel like it. Boy, I had a bad eating day yesterday. It was just bad. <laughs> I'll go for three or four days, be really good, and then I'll have a bad day. I mean, just like grab some, I, like I opened a bag of Doritos chips that my, not Doritos, but uh, no, Fritos chips, which we never buy. We bought them for some chili that we were supposed to have some people over and eat with these chips and mix them in with the chili. And there they were, sitting on the shelf, calling my name. They just brought me all the way back to when I was a kid. Like, I don't buy them anymore. But man, I opened them up. You know, Lay's has something they put on the inside that works every time on every product they have. And so then I open it up and just kind of like, and I I only take one helping at a time. And And then I go back for three more helpings 
to make myself feel better about things. <clears throat> this was not in my notes. Oh, he's saying be saved from this perverse generation. In other words, Matthew Henry in the commentaries there, he would say there was a thing about staying away from wicked people and wicked things. We want to be friends of sinners, but we don't want to be participating in what the sinner is doing. And, and, and right now, our, our social media and, and, and the things that we partake of on television and all that stuff, he said, don't be friends of that stuff. Don't be friends of that stuff. Guard your soul. Guard your heart. All of that. Okay. Man, i got to get this message. This is such a good message. It's not because I'm good. It's because the scripture is good. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. But watch, it's those who gladly received his word. Man, if you push back on the gospel like it's pea soup, you're not going to get anything out of it. If you don't taste and see that the word of God is good, then that's how you get it. Praise God. It's not those who madly receive the gospel because they don't. They just, I don't want to hear that again. That's just a bunch of preaching on Sunday. Did you get anything out of that? Of course not. You didn't get because your eyes are still blind. To say, Jesus, I receive you. Your eyes will be open, and you'll be able to receive. You don't have to leave church on Sunday mad. You can leave church on Sunday glad in the Lord. Wow, that was really cool. That was life giving right there. Woo! So that day, that those who what gladly received His word, say with me, they they gladly received His word. They, and, and that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, 3,000 souls in one day added to them, baptized in the church. The birth of the New Testament church. Happy birthday, New Testament church. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise again. That's today, Pentecost. <clears throat> Big day. Then it started a whole new life, a whole new, what we call today, culture. You had the Jewish culture but now you had a Christian culture. Followers of Christ started. It was a whole new DNA. And man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of excitement. They continued, look at verse 42, life among believers. They were continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. That's a whole message right there. Then fear came upon each soul, and that fear was just reverential fear. It's not being afraid of God, but fear. Like, what is going on? Many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. Praise God. The more togetherness we have in the church, the more unity that we have in the church, the more all things in common they have in the church, the more powerful, and I'm talking about the happier we'll be. Hallelujah. They had all things in common. I see that happen so many times in Harvest Church over the years. I mean, honestly, Harvest Church is a church that genuinely cares for one another. And honestly, I think we go through seasons where we're so much better at it and seasons where we kind of pull back because we got tired or something. But I'm telling you what, Always care about people and always help them out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to make you poor and it's not going to make them rich, but it's going to help make them better. Hallelujah. Just be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all anyone who had need. Praise God. We had somebody come in here years ago. Uh from another church and they wanted to buy our soundboard because we were replacing a soundboard and we had a great soundboard and then we, we gave them the price on it and, and they came in with a check 
And, and uh, this wasn't anything new for us, but when they came in with the check, I just said, because um, I knew that they were serious. They were serious about it. And I knew they were just running like, not on vapors, but just like we didn't have the extra funds. I said, man, God bless you. Just take the keyboard. We take your check too. Because we, we've got it. It's already been paid for by God's people. Now it's going to go into another church. All the, all the chairs that we had in this church before we bought these chairs, they all got repurposed into other churches. People are sitting in them today, and we gave those all away free. All of our sound system stuff, video systems, all of that. We didn't, I, don't, I, don't, I can tell you this. I don't know of anything we've sold in the last 15 years. We've just given it away because they had all things in common, and it's all in ministry today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, when we put this system in, we got systems waiting on the outside, and everything that can be used somewhere else is going to be used somewhere else. Some of it will be repurposed here, but it'll, either that will be repurposed in other churches. Man, I'm preaching too long. They sold their possessions and their goods, and they divided them all, as, as many as they had need. So continuing daily with one accord, say with me, one accord, there it is again. They started out in one accord on the day of Pentecost. Now they continue in one accord at the end of the day. 3,000 people into, the, you know, into their life. Breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, gladness and praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. He added daily those who are being saved. Daily growth. Hallelujah. Okay. That was Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. That's how it looked on that day, and that's how it needs to continually look in this day and age as well. We need to, again, re-harness and reboot and re-get the wonder that they had right there at the beginning of the New Testament church. Hallelujah. And it, it happens through the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, Let's, let's just take a look here because you got your notes there real quickly. I'm just going to go through these very quickly, all right? What a New Testament church looks like from what we just went through here this morning. What does a New Testament church look like? By the way, we're a New Testament church. We're believers. We're Christians. So first of all, the New Testament church was birthed by the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. They started out in the upper room. They waited on God. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, amen? Then there was the preaching of the gospel, and I'll tell you what, there's nothing like the preaching of the gospel. Be instant, in season and out of season, but preach the gospel, preach the word of God, because the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and is a uh, discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hallelujah. I was going to have those come in and slide in so that I could keep you guessing. But, um, but anyway, you bring them up. It's okay. You can write them down. Repentance, we talked about that. Repentance is the turning from what you know. In other words, turning, doing the U-turn. It, 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 the New Testament church also has salvation. On that day, 3,000 people were saved and came into the kingdom of God. How many are glad for the people that come on Sunday after Sunday people that come to Christ here at Harvest Church. Amen? Hallelujah. And then there was water baptism. How many of you have been baptized in water? Wave at me right now if you've been baptized in water. And let me tell you, if you haven't been baptized in water, we'll have a baptismal service sometime this year in 2021. Get ready. We'll, we'll announce it. Hallelujah. 
Uh, and then number, number six is this. They had discipleship, and that discipleship had to do with doctrine. The all scripture is given by inspiration. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished for every good work. Amen? Hallelujah. And then uh, number seven is fellowship. Say it with me this morning, fellowship. And I love what we're doing in our, our life groups right now <clears throat> with these options that we have. Take a card out there and you can just use the QR code, put your camera on it. It'll open up a new menu just like you're doing at the restaurants right now and, and it'll show you where, we can, where you can have fellowship. How many of you know that fellowship is a good thing, amen? And then eight is the breaking of bread and when they're talking about the breaking of bread, they're talking about having dinner together, praise God, <laughs> and also communion, all right? And by the way, everyone, just a, a little thought. Um, learn how to have communion in your own homes. It's okay. I release you to have communion as if I have anything to do with it. Because sometimes people think, you know, no, this just is the church. You've got to have it at the church. No, no, no. God's call of all of us to be priests before him. Can I get a witness to say amen? And so, in other words, you are a minister and a priest of the gospel. So in your life group, in your home group, go ahead and take communion together. The cup and the bread and just read, read the scripture on communion. I can't talk long enough, but, but go do it. Can I get a witness to say amen? Because they gathered, they'd have, they'd, had, they'd have dinner together and they'd have communion together, the breaking of bread. Then they'd have prayers. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And then it was followed by wonders and signs. Say it with me, wonders and signs. Wonders and signs. Man, I'll tell you what, when you go to church and be able to say, did you see what happened at church? What was that? And the happened when the lives of people, I know that you're quiet right now because number one, you're tired, and the second thing, you're writing notes down. <laughs> But how many you know there's signs and wonders that happen in the church, amen? And then unity, say with me, unity. I love the unity. When I walk into church on Sunday morning, walk out there in the, in the uh, 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 foyer, and, and, and all of the people are excited, praise God. When you're smiling, even if you don't feel like smiling, keep on smiling, because I love, I love it when you're smiling, and there's excitement in the air. I'm talking about, that like, that's like a magnet, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Say it with me, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There was unity, and then there was, after that, there was gladness. Say it with me this morning, gladness. Gladness is a close cousin to joy, but you just got to look up, but it's gladness. Praise God, I was glad to go to church today. You know what, everybody? I've been going to church since I was zero, I was in church the Sunday after I was born, I'm sure, because my mom had to be there to play organ. She probably just put me down right in the seat, but I'm talking about days after I was born. I've been at church the rest of my life. I've been going to church. I'm 65 right now. Can't believe it. Honestly, uh, uh, you've heard me talk about this, so I digress. But anyway, it just happens really fast. But I've been going to church all of my life, and I'm still looking forward to next Sunday. Hallelujah, I really am, I love it. And then 13, his evangelism took place because they had favor with all of the people. And you know, the word was getting out. The word was getting out about what was happening in Jerusalem. And honestly, everyone, I, I, I pray that the word gets out about what God is doing in our churches right here in Elk Grove. Can I get one to say amen? Praise God. And then the last thing was this, addition or growth. It was happening. God added to the church what? Daily those who were being saved. Praise God. Praise God. Daily addition. Praise the Lord. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church 
those who are being saved. So I want you to just ask you this morning at the end, I'm done now, let's just give the Lord great praise. Would you do that just like that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand with me right now all across this place. Hallelujah. I'll have to preach shorter and faster next time, first service. This sermon's never been preached before, so she's getting broken in right now. Pretty good message, huh? I mean, I, I had nothing to do with that. I just, I, I'm just saying this fed my soul. I hope it fed yours, too. I was going like, this is good. Good grief. We got good material here. Um, now, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you how you receive the Holy Spirit. Let me give you the answer. You ask. Just say, ask. In Luke chapter 11... Uh, Jesus was speaking. He says, if a son asks for bread for my father among you, will you give him a stone? Is that what you do to your kids? Ask you for bread, you give him a stone? No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead? In other words, if you ask your heavenly father, if you ask your earthly father for a fish, will he give him a snake instead of a fish? No. If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, in other words, just being a normal, everyday person, not, you know, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who, what, ask Him, to those who ask Him? It should have come up on the screen. I think, I'm sure it was there. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Is it there? There you go. How many believe that God, when we ask him for the Holy Spirit, is not going to give us something else? He's going to give us what we ask him for, the Holy Spirit. Amen? So today, I want to encourage you to ask your Heavenly Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit. To ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, here's the big deal with preachers, uh, especially for me. I used to put myself under pressure, like, while we're having Pentecost Sunday... I've got to show and help everybody get filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Here's what I want you to know. I'm not here to help the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. He doesn't need my help. He's he's going to, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, not me. So I don't put myself under that pressure anymore. Let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't need your help. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. In other words, because some people say, I'm going to help the Holy Spirit. No, no, just ask for the Holy Spirit. It's not that he doesn't need your help. We need his help. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, a little bit different on that. So uh, he's the helper. We don't have to help him along. He's the one. No, I'm going to help you. And I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus is the baptized. You'll baptize in the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, if you'll just ask him. Okay, now here's what I want to have happen here this morning, too. Because next Sunday I'm going to be preaching about the gifts of the Spirit. And, um, but what I want you know, in, our, in our church, we're already a Spirit-filled church. We believe in life and the Spirit and all of that. How many of you know what I'm saying is true? That we, we, we put a, a high priority on being, you know, not just religion, but relationship. And then, but we, we walk in the spirit, do all of that stuff. But I want there to be a, um, I hate using that word culture. It's a real modern kind of a thing. 
But I want there to be a thing where that's our DNA or our culture. In other words, where where we we are people. What do you know about Harvest Church? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. They are full of the Spirit of God. And the only way we can be full of the Spirit of God is by asking Him. Say, God, I just want more of you. I want more of you, God. I need more of you, more of your Spirit in my life, Lord God. I ask you for that. And God will bless you, and the gifts will come out prayer language, speaking in tongues and all of that. The tongues isn't the main thing. It's, it's what the other things, the fruits of the Spirit and, 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 the, and the gifts of the Spirit and all of those kinds of things. In other words, don't seek the tongue. Seek, seek God, and then he'll give you everything that goes with God, okay? But I'm just saying, he'll give you everything you need that goes with it, all right? But seek to be filled. God, just fill me with your Holy Spirit. Will he not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So if you ask, he'll give, the, give you the Holy Spirit. You'll see it start to happen in your life. So uh, uh, it'll happen, start to happen right here in this service. It'll also ha- start to happen when you're asking for the Holy Spirit every day of your life, in your, in, in, as in your daily life. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I, I tell you what. We are so whacked up and warped out nowadays that I got to keep looking at the clock and know that it's 1024 and feel like I got to apologize for keeping you here for an hour and 24 minutes. So stupid. Instead of why don't we just preach the words and, and get done with it and see what God does and not just be so worried about all the time like, whoa, whoa. We used to go three hours in church. We used to go two hours, 15 minutes, two hours and a half. Now we're making apologies for going after an hour and 15 minutes. God help us. So we tell God, we need you 24 hours, 365, but we'll give you an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday. Come on. What a deal is that? Just tired of it. We never apologize for anybody for watching a two-hour Disney movie. And going out for a date night and spending three or four hours, but then we got to tiptoe around God on a Sunday morning because, whoa, it just went long. Come on, snap out of it. I'm saying to myself, snap out of it. Get mad at myself, even for, I mean, that I got to do that. Like, what a drag. I mean, that's so stupid. I mean, in other words, we're in the presence of an almighty God. So let's lift our hands this morning to the Lord. and Lord, we just love you so much. And Lord, we just bless you today. God, we talked about the day of Pentecost, what happened in the church. So many things that you did in the church that day and you've showed us. More than we can even comprehend or take in. But here's the one thing we know. We do know we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not only to be filled, but to be refilled. Thank you, Lord God. So I just pray this morning, Lord God, that there'd be a new baptism of the Holy Spirit. That there'd be a new, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. That you would pour your Spirit out on all flesh. Because, Lord God, our flesh is like a dry and thirsty land. And we need the, the, the showers of blessing. Lord we God, we need the wind of the Spirit, that pneuma, the breath of God in our lungs, Lord God. The lungs of the New Testament church, Lord God. Spiritually speaking, Lord God, we need what you have for us, Lord God. That you 
said, you've sent the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. God's given me a picture right now. Uh, and it's, it's really a, a wacky illustration because I have even thought it through, but it's kind of wacky, but I think it fits. Is, is the Holy Spirit, you should all know, has been sent already, so he's here already. You understand this, right? In other words, we're not having to tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has been sent. And, 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 and even the disciples and later in Acts, they said, well, we hadn't heard that the Holy Spirit had been, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit's been sent. They hadn't heard about it from Jerusalem. They didn't have any text messages at the time. And then they laid hands on them. They began to speak with tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They just didn't know it had been sent already. But I want to tell you here this morning, the Holy Spirit has been sent. And the Holy Spirit is here. But, and he's here to give us power. But how many of you go get your cars filled up every now and then at Costco or Shell or Chevron or whatever? How many of you, you know that your car needs power, the substance of that power, but how many of you also have to wait and squeeze it in and you have to receive it, 20 gallons? you got to take and how many of you know that no matter what you do, your car needs the power, but you're going to have to wait to fill it up, right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God's doing the same thing. Here we stand, but we're saying, God, it's going to take a little time for me to be filled up too. Can I go? In other words, we want the snap thing, but, and you say, well, I got an electric car. It takes even longer than an electric car. In other words, you've got to plug it in overnight, three hours. But I'm just saying here, here's the Holy Spirit. Lift your hands up this morning. Say, God, just fill me up with the Holy Spirit. It'll take a few minutes to get it in there, but God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God, and your power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift your voices this morning, Lord. We praise you. They were praising. They were worshiping. They were praying. God, we pray right now there'd be an unction from heaven, Lord God. Your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. Today, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 There will be a distribution of the gifts of the Spirit as you ask God for the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, boldness for witnessing, prayer language, there'll be a distribution. He imparts these gifts severally as He will, but it's just an openness to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I need your Holy Spirit in my life. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the baptizer, and I ask you, Lord, to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Let me be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power, and I pray it in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Did, the, did you pray that? Did you mean it this morning? Hallelujah. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit and with your power. Hallelujah. And I give you praise right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we go out of this place. 
because here's what will happen. It, it's a continuation thing I'm looking for. It's a continuation. So today when you go out to walk and pray, tomorrow when you go out to walk and pray, when you're out walking and praying, also be asking God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I need more than just dead flesh, Lord. God, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what, now we're asking God, will he not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And he will. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. There's a lot of other teaching in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. Read those, but I'm just saying I don't have time today. It's like Paul said, we don't, I can't cover it all in one day, but we will cover it all. But, but I'm talking about, and the biggest thing is love, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these and all that. But I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit is, is powerful, and the Holy Spirit will give you everything you need, that anointing that you need in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Fire from heaven in the name of Jesus. If you receive that and you believe it, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Pray with me right now at home, watching online and right here in the, in the auditorium. If you need Jesus, you know, in the second chapter of Acts, man, they just came to Christ. What do I do? Just pray with me right now. And church family, if you'll join in, just pray. He says, just receive the Lord right now. Just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, on this Pentecost Sunday, my heart is open to you, Lord God. And I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all of my sin. Give me a new life today. With my mouth I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord Jesus, I believe on you and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I pray in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. And welcome right now to the family of God. And keep on serving God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, Stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.